0: So this is a, a tech show uh, I'm kind of curious What, what kind of tech you're into Daniel Is there like anything on, on your Christmas list Like a new, a new Android tablet or, or phone or anything like that Robot
1: Please don't tell us you use a, a Blackberry <laughs>
0: <laughs> His office gave it to him Okay guys yeah. don't give him a hard time Please What's up guys, it's Wednesday, December 11th, 2013, this is episode 80 of Yats, every week Wednesday evening right here, yetanothertechshow.com, check it out, I'm Matt Lee joining me this evening, uh, we got Aunt Pruitt, he'll be joining us in a moment, we also got Larry Press, how you doing Larry? Good evening guys. Good to have you back, uh, Mike Rothman back with us, how you doing Mike?
1: Yeah, good here, thanks, Glad and uh, also, back again.
0: also joining us. Uh, we got Daniel Zolnikov. He uh, gave us a, a talk at DEFCON that uh, I was at, and he's been doing a lot of good stuff in Montana as far as privacy technology type legislation. Montana State House Representative. Uh, how you doing, Daniel?
2: I'm good. Thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate you reaching out and having me on your show.
0: Yeah, it's awesome to have you. Uh, My brother is actually friends with your friend, Eric, and he's the one that was like, hey, out of all the talks, because DEF CON was like completely crazy. There were so many things to to see. He's like, out of all these, you got to make sure to catch uh, this guy because he's he's from here and I know him. He's doing uh, really good stuff. So um, how did you get started in all this? You're pretty young to be a, a scaly old politician, man.
2: Oh, I know, especially the whole uh, stereotype applied to politicians. I like to try to be the one a little bit different, but then I guess that makes me like all the rest of them. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I, uh, I basically didn't like how politics were. You know, if you think you can oppose and stand up to the the beast in politics, then do it. Either that or uh, do something instead of complain about it. So I basically said. You know what? The seat opened up. It was a good opportunity, and I think I could get it if I worked my butt off. I think I could, uh, I could stand up to what I think the problem was in politics. That was that was the basics of it.
0: And give give people a quick uh, summary of what your talk was at DefCon because I noticed right after that there was a bunch of articles that were like, "This guy, you know, like the new face of online privacy. This is the guy fighting for your online privacy." I saw a bunch of that, and I was like, "Whoa." that that's that guy holy cow
2: yeah well, it's crazy when you're from a small town that just got uh, just got off a of dial-up internet only like a few years ago and they're calling you face on online privacy but uh... i had a bill a bill that failed that was about the montana data protection act to protect our uh, privacy in montana you know there's no policy in place so we wanted to do something it got slaughtered in the process and then i had another bill that was successful that uh that required a search warrant for cell phone location information. And that bill, that wasn't big when it got signed into law. That one passed. It got signed into law. It wasn't a big deal until Edward Snowden's NSA leaks occurred. And then pretty soon, it was top news because it was one of the first pieces of privacy legislation passed in any state across the country.
0: That's interesting because we we see a lot of that now because of the leaks and what has been brought to light and things that... A lot of people had thought was going on, but now it's like your, your fears have been validated, but you guys were doing this long before that. Was there something that happened or like what, why, why did you guys start it? Like, was there something that, that forced it or were people snooping on your phone calls?
2: No, they tell the, they tell us in politics, you know, everything you've tried, you're going to try has been tried before. Well, I'm sorry, but I disagree. I'm younger, and I see a lot of the issues no one's even talking about because they don't understand them. So it was being about relevant. It, it's relevant to my age group. So being young gave me an edge on uh, new concerns that weren't really talked about before.
3: And what, you- what your your build requires, or it's a lie, I guess, now, that... Yeah. Uh, there has to be a a warrant before they can uh, monitor your position, your location. Is that it?
2: Yeah, they can obtain your location information. That's probably already saved. So, where you were a year ago, if that's saved, or it's usually they hold it for 90 days, I think. Different amounts uh cell phone providers hold information for different periods of time, no matter the the provider. But it's it, it set a precedent saying this information can't just be uh, oh. grabbed and Used for whatever purpose that has to, has to go through the, uh, the process.
3: So it has, has this changed police procedures? Do they, they now have to go get warrants where they, before could just ask for the data.
2: Uh, yes, it's, it's put it back on track. So the judicial branch oversees it, which was the whole point. It, it's not, it wasn't happening as much as from what I understand in Montana, but it was starting to be a new norm of, Oh, we need this information. It doesn't belong to the individual, so we can get it. We don't need a warrant. And we wanted it to be, since most of my constituents, most of the people in Montana believe this information belongs to them, can't just be obtained, we wanted to put that as a precedent. Like, this is what you think is happening. It's my job as a representative to make it happen, that their information is safe and private.
0: And that was that was the big headline I kept seeing, and this one came out in July uh, of 2013. It says, "If you don't want the government to spy on you, move to Montana." <laughs> and it yeah. talks about that h b six zero three yeah. and everything, but really good work they, for sure thank you they They took that headline a little bit too far. But, yeah uh, well, yeah <laughs> it doesn't get clicks if you're you know <laughs> being yeah. being truthful and honest. It's true, yeah. Do you notice like with the younger generations, there seems to be kind of a difference in opinion of privacy and what people are willing to just kind of share and and put online. And like a lot of people my age and younger and your age just don't really care because we put kind of everything online or, you know, if not, we'll do it under different aliases and we use the tools differently knowing that. But some people use it and they they don't understand. They think that when it says post private, it's posting private and only you know your private people will see it. When that's not not how the tool works.
2: You know it's interesting because I think that I'm 26 and when I was uh, using it originally, you know, even high school, it was new. There was no precedent. There was no conversation on privacy. So what I thought was on MySpace or Facebook was. I guess the whole conversation of it being there forever, once you post it, I never had that with anybody. I didn't have it with my parents who didn't understand it. I didn't have it with teachers who didn't understand it. There was no conversation. Yet now there's there's apps like Snapchat, which people are eating up because they think, hey, I can take it. It's going to be deleted. Of course you can always sidestep it, but the overall concept is it's not being collected or saved. So I think even in a few short years, the, uh, it's a lot more relevant to younger people. You have people a lot younger than myself even, and I think I'm pretty young in politics.
3: You know, I, I I I have students that are your age and younger, and they they don't seem to care about privacy at all. I ask them, and, you know, they don't care about Edward Snowden. They don't care. They don't seem to care. It's not a big, a big deal to them. I wonder if that's a difference between the West Coast and Montana or just your district or... <laughs>
2: There's a lot of people who don't care about it. Um, I've ran into a lot of those, you know, when you talk about this issue and you hear why is it relevant, but I've ran into a surprising amount of people who they say, I think, I think people don't care about it or it they, they makes it sound like they don't care about it because they think the battle's already lost. Well, it's already out there. It's saved forever. Why are we even trying to have privacy rights in the digital world? We just got to realize there is no privacy. I mean, and so when you're already defeated, you're not going to really stand up or put too much thought into it. That's one of the things I've ran into. But when you explain uh, that it goes way beyond what you post on Facebook and it's where your GPS location is on your phone, uh, the calls you made, the text, the websites you've searched, everything is out there, uh, and that there should be some sort of privacy, I think the, the, it connects with the individual if it's presented correctly. But right now when it's already looked upon as a loss, then what's the point of even trying? Like, we got other battles we should
0: fight. and it needs to be relevant to them, right? Like, you can't just put it in broad terms. You need to specify a particular service that that particular individual happens to be using. And using not just, like, disposable usage, like, actually using to where they care somewhat about the information that they're putting on there. And then maybe, at that point, they'll realize, like, oh, wow, this is... This is out there and it's up for grabs and, and everything. Um, I thought it was interesting. I just saw today uh, floating around on Google+. you guys are familiar with the We the People uh, petition system. basically the the US government or says that if if you put a petition up and it gets a certain amount of, of votes or up likes or whatever you want to call it, um, then we will issue an answer. Uh, and this one I saw the post was by the Google Drive page on Google Plus so it was like you know because this has to do with treating your offline documents or treating your online documents like your offline ones so people like us who use Google Drive a lot we have a lot of documents up there those should be treated the same way that stuff that's sitting on your actual hard drive is is treated um it's called the reform ECPA uh, and they they just say you know tell the government to get a warrant basically Uh, It says Americans are deeply concerned about NSA surveillance, but the NSA is not the only problem. An outdated law says the IRS and hundreds of other agencies can read our communications without a warrant. That law, known as the Electronic Communications Privacy Act, was written over 25 years ago before the services we use today even existed. Right now, several bills in Congress would fix this by updating ECPA to require a warrant, but regulatory bodies are blocking reform in order to gain new powers of warrantless access. Uh we call on the Obama administration to support ECPA reform and to reject any special rules that would force online service providers to disclose our email without a warrant. And uh so far it's got ninety thousand. So I think they upped it last time it, it was like fifty thousand. I think now they need a hundred or a hundred and twenty thousand uh mm-hmm. signatures. So um what, what do you think about that kind of stuff, Daniel? Is that I mean at your online documents, offline documents, they're your documents, even though you use a third party service to create them, you're still the one creating it.
2: Yeah. Well, first off the organization pushing all this, let me go into that really quick. I met them during DEFCON and they were a very, uh, they didn't, they're a cool organization because it was whatever party, whatever, whatever you're thinking from the very left to the very right politically, they all agreed on it. And I've actually read articles saying this, the, this, these groups, the Stop Watching Us group, isn't uh, as good as it could be because they're working with so many different political sides of the spectrum. Which I thought that's good, and I've read how some people think that's bad. It should only they should get the libertarians out or should the the other political facets. So they
0: think it's too group, diverse.
2: In in it's really diverse. It's awesome. It's people who know that this is a big issue, and it doesn't matter where they're coming from. It's the I, I, it's like. Every facet I've seen in politics agreeing on something. You don't find that very often.
0: Right. Why would they think that's a bad thing? That's so weird. Mm-hmm. That's like we have Journalism too many parties they involved. Think,
2: they think that you're. Oh, sorry. Well, they think since there's so many groups involved, it waters down the issue that it should be a very. I think how they put it is this should be a very liberal issue uh, because it's a, a pro rights one. It and should no be libertarian because they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Right. And I'm no, like, yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of insane when you run into people who only want one group to get the issue across versus everybody who we can all work together on it. That, that's some of the things that a little bit of the insanity ran, I ran across. But back to the main topic, this is, uh, yeah, it's your information. I mean, my whole basis on all of this, especially you upload your information, to Your I did it on Microsoft um, on Hotmail back in the day in college. I upload everything, or I'd email myself the documents, and I'd have them there. I would never think I'm sharing them with anybody else because they were up in my own. Uh, they weren't even on the SkyDrive; they were just in my email. That was my information. And the thing is, is that my constituents believe it's that that information is private, which, if they believe it, then it should be. You know, it's not the technical lawyer speak; it's the fact that they believe it's how it should be, which makes it why we should, why this is all crazy. That's not that way.
0: Yeah, it's the expectation of privacy thing. It's it's the same with, like, Facebook and Twitter. With Twitter accounts, they're mostly public unless you actually change it to private, so there's, you know, that expectation is, is gone. But with Facebook, you know, you have that that option to share it privately, so you have that expectation there, even though we all know, you know, there's as many eyes on it as want to be, really.
3: How, how does this work out in private, like, in practice? Like, I have a bunch of stuff on... on uh, Google Drive um, who's who has the right to go see it and who does Google let go see it
2: first off uh, I would go back to the assumption I don't so, I mean it's all everything is technical so let me go to the assumption people assume that it is private and a lot of the times I'm not gonna say Google is the example but a lot of the times It has not actually been in detail on what is private, what is collected, what is saved. So they, I view it as private, but in the, when I click the agreement, there was no actual agreement on privacy. So I guess they could say, Oh, you're being naive since you expected privacy. Uh, so that there's one of the big issues ran across, um, the process. I mean, there can be the data mining, looking for certain things, which is for the company's, uh, the company's way to profit, which was not expected either. Or it could be the NSA's what their backdoor in and, and gathering everything. So they're basically swiping everything on the server that is collected on the individual, or that is that the individual has uploaded. And I remember I'm I'm not the technical one. My hacker friends are more technical, and I always lean on on some of these things.
1: One of the issues it seems to me is it's hard to know what to believe. Uh, there are a lot of allegations contained in the. Uh, Coverage of the Snowden leaks, um, and I'm actually inclined to believe that there's a lot of truth in what is published about what our government has been doing. Uh, I, I think people have been rationalizing it as uh, you know needed because of uh, national security concerns, but th- some of it is 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 creepy, like reading our Google Docs documents that which. We kind of nominally thought, well, you know, there's some privacy there unless maybe there's a subpoena. I don't think it, I think it turns out they're, they don't need a subpoena. Yeah. And, and some of it's just downright silly, like uh, spying on uh, World of Warcraft uh, uh, game players to see what. Communications are being passed around uh, under the table.
0: Like people got the smart idea that they could actually plan out their terrorist threats in World of Warcraft rooms, and nobody yeah, would be the
1: seriously? wiser. Seriously, so that's I, amazing. I, I kind of part of part of my problem in dealing with this is I kind of sit back and ask, you know, what am I supposed to believe? I'm uh, how would I know who's tapped into Google servers somehow? under the table but Mike at that point don't you
0: just rather than having to worry about what to believe don't you just kind of change your use so you just instead of putting something on there that you hope is private you would just use it in a way that whatever you put up there doesn't matter like a postcard basically you're changing it from a a letter mail to a postcard
1: I've I've kind of that's been sort of my default position with the internet that if it's if it's electronic and on the net i better assume that anyone can read it and so i better better be public about it
0: right and for the special use cases where you would need hyper encrypted you know communications that was absolutely you know perfect in every way then you would find that solution but you're not going to post facebook status updates on, on like you know oh it's 9:30 going to go head to my dealer's house and cop my sack you know yeah, yeah.
1: You, <laughs> no no not going
0: to be we'll make it that easy for them. i mean come on let's let's be real here and so that's I why i think I like, like as the you... generations go on the, the 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 use kind of changes over time you know
1: i guess i kind of end up feeling like the damage done here is uh the damage of citizens trust in the government because right. there is there it's not so your trust time. in the
0: companies, right? like we still use Google products, we still trust Microsoft for our operating systems and everything, yeah. but we have like that that weary eye on the government now, and that's the the argument you always hear is that that they're you know people are like well what what do you have to hide? What are you doing wrong and I guess you you just have to think about it and just i I'm not hiding anything from anyone I trust you know it's it's the government I don't trust so
1: you just change, you know. So, so Daniel, I mean, how do you think about this this issue that I'm concerned about, which is the the erosion of of public trust in government that that I, I think is a consequence of the Snowden leaks and what we're reading about security.
2: Well, it's kind of there's like. A... There's a saying, but it's about being. It's bringing people back to reality of some of the problems that we have to face. That everything we think is going on, don't worry about it. It's for the the basics. Of, it's for everybody's well being. We don't have to know about it, and we don't have to tell anybody about it. It's uh bringing everybody to reality on what we actually have to worry about. Why why where it's at right now and where it could be going. So even if we lose a little bit of faith in our government it makes us responsible to stay involved to to make sure that they don't go too far which is i think the perfect thing about it it's brought the conversation back to where instead of hey we're going to ignore it it's 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 a uh, what is it it's a it's patriotic to support everything your government does to it's patriotic to now question what's going on to make sure it's actually what is best for me. I don't just trust the mentality. I'm going to look further into it.
0: But it's kind of mind blowing to think that like somebody had to give up their whole life so that those things could be exposed so that people could have the evidence to then question their government on like Edward Snowden's life is pretty much over the way it used to be like he had, I mean, he's completely changed how he lives. You know, it's having to look over your shoulder every day, but I mean, that's a price he was willing to pay to expose what was going on and to give everyone this conversation now that has to take place.
2: Yeah, definitely. Ignorance is bliss is what I was trying to get to too. It's, <laughs> it's nice to not know, but once you know, you've got to put a lot more stress into it. You got to put a lot more thinking. It just, it changes everything. And, um, you know what though like this whole this whole country, the whole foundation was that of people who risked everything, literally their lives, and a lot of them ended up dead on doing what was right at that time. so we don't have as many cases of that anymore, but it's it's kind of nice to see people stepping up when they need to for the right thing so i right. I really admire the fact he does plus he's now a celebrity hanging out in Russia, so he's probably having a great time. That's my assumption' <laughs>
0: bad man. I hear Russia's nice this time of year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Probably looks a lot like here. Yeah.
2: I'll call up my my great-grandparents and ask them.
0: (laughs) That's right. You could have granted him some asylum there. You have family there,
2: huh? Yeah, Yeah, no, they all left. They left. They're all in America. Or dead.
0: Say, well, if the NSA wasn't watching, they sure are now. Yeah.
2: I'm pretty sure everything about my past history has been a target or been a big concern anyway. Have you had
0: anybody like write you nasty letters or come at you in that way in like a smear campaign ish kind of way for your stance on this kind of stuff or is it a pretty? No,
2: I was just on a Billings, the Billings, Montana Billings is the big city that I live in in Montana. It's the biggest city. And I was just on the radio show and uh, I'm, I'm very honest. If, People don't like what I want, or hear what they don't want to hear. What I want to say, then, you know, I guess I'll get unelected, or you know, or they'll be used against me, whatever. But the whole thing is, I have the voice, so I might as well speak now. Uh, I was speaking on the radio show, and they ended up at the end of it were calling me a uh, possible uh, scheming Russian spy terrorist. Uh, no way. Me, well, in a sarcastic way, they were just yeah. but like because of my whole family background so intense and uh, interesting that. They were just pushing it to the limit, and they were having a great time. I mean, not every day you get a state representative uh, who's got some national news, and then who's who's younger than the guy who's thirty uh, interviewing me. So, yeah, if if people can use it however they want to, hopefully they'll have a good sense of humor with it.
0: That's key, right? Having a good sense of humor throughout all of this. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I swear I have seen some of the most amazing memes come across my Facebook and Google Plus feeds ever since these post it note NSA leaks have been have been released. You know? Just amazing, amazing work. Yeah. Hey,
3: Mike, you were talking about distrust of the government. Don't, don't you think there's been distrust of the government for different issues all along? Yeah. Remember the
1: I, I do, and, you know, you could go back through history and find lots of lots of periods like this, but I think this has been a particularly – I think there's been a spike around mistrust over this set of issues. So it, it it's disappointing to me to, to see that. Well, let,
3: let me be – okay, we're both old enough to remember. It's just what I was talking before about my students. My students care way less about Edward Snowden than the NSA – than students in the 60s did about Vietnam. Wouldn't you agree to that?
1: Yeah, I would.
0: Do you think they care less, or it's just the technology is different now, allowing, they, oh, do you really a,
3: think so? Without a doubt, they care less. Hmm. But it's not that they don't, that they think, oh, damn, it's too bad, the battle's lost, so we're going to give up. They really don't care.
1: No, I'm, I'm you know, in the 60s. And people uh, really
3: did care in the if, 60s. It,
1: yeah, it, and in the 60s, uh, uh, guys your age were looking at the very real possibility of being drafted and sent over to fight in Vietnam in a war that they didn't believe in that was wholly pointless. So, or at least they believed it was. And uh, so and that probably added a lot to of those it, guys uh... were coming back in body bags. So right. it's th- there was a lot of passion around that in the '60s.
0: More but, of a consequence, right? Like, today the consequence is far less. I mean, what, you know, you have to yeah, find I, a different social never, network I or have, something. Have you
3: ever seen a, a demonstration on a campus against the NSA?
0: Well, the something Occupy, Occupy movements, but that was kind of before this, wasn't it?
3: No, what I'm saying is that I think that the passion of young people and and the general public interest was much higher Mike was just talking about losing trust in the government, and when things like the Pentagon Papers came out, I think a lot of people in the United States lost a lot of trust in their government. Um, so, in that sense, it's it's not to put this down, but it's not unique.
1: Larry, I guess I guess what I'd say is, is, I I I feel like my trust has been really eroded by this episode, and I also feel like. A lot of people either buy the government line that, oh, you've got, to, you've got to permit a level of spying so that we can catch the bad guys before another terrorist attack is, is launched. I think a lot of people buy that line um, kind of blindly. And I, I think you're also probably right, or Daniel, you're right, that there's a whole – there's a whole movement to sort of get over privacy altogether and say, you know, uh, privacy is not important.
3: Yeah, and that what, was it, Bill Joy or no, no, Scott McNeely, the guy from Sun, said that privacy's dead. Get over
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I think we've seen historic cases of what happens when privacy dies, and uh, I, that's that's I guess. You're right. There's some people who don't worry about it, but I know a lot of young people who are highly involved, but it it is different. I'm in Montana and we have a low population. So someone could literally run for office and win and have an impact and get national attention. I mean, it's a whole different world out here. I can go and I know people all over the colleges in Montana who are just a few years younger than me and they're, uh, they're involved. They're getting involved from, you know, being on the doors to creating their own groups awareness. It's, I also, I think the whole limited uh, government mentality in Montana or just leave me alone mentality keeps people involved with what's going on, makes them a little bit more concerned. So I think there's probably that tie in. For sure. I would agree. <laughs> you know, I, you, we keep
3: talking about the uh, terrorism and stuff like that. How about just plain old law enforcement? Um, how, do, how does that figure into all this?
2: Oh, that's a lot oh, of the basis sheriffs. of the bills it's... are on law enforcement. Hmm? A lot of the basis of bills, either the ones we try to pass or are looking at passing, are our uh, focus on law enforcement. Yeah. I mean it's, it's about balance
3: police departments and sheriffs and stuff fighting
2: against you? Uh, no, not really actually. I've had very little conflict with I think there was someone who may have spoken against it in testimony for the bill but it was very minor. I mean, they we worked with everybody to have a bill that there were some opt-out situations or some situations where they get the information uh, in emergency situations, or if they call 911, it gives consent to give the information. It, it, there So it was kind of a balance so we could work with these groups and keep their concerns in mind, and they knew what our concerns were. It was just, we were not saying you can never have this information. You know, it was just, let's just go through the right avenues that have always been, and let's continue doing that for this new
4: technology.
0: And I think, too, a lot of it was fresh on people's minds because the whole medical marijuana thing, like, after that got passed and then uh, the raids happened, I think people really, you know, they were thinking about it, like, this could have real-world consequences for, for us. Does Montana
3: have medical marijuana?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there was a whole push to repeal it and then reform the bill, and it, it really cut down the numbers. And then you saw state officials working with federal agents uh, raiding these legitimate shops, and it was just a mess.
2: Yeah, that was before my time politically, but there was definitely a uh, – we want the federal government out of our life until it's for our cause. So there's a little bit of hypocrisy in that issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a different
1: what show. What was your? I'd love to know. Did you study law in school, or how, what did you need to know in order to go about writing legislation and going through the process of of compromise and debate, and you know, um, eventually enactment?
2: I uh, I actually went to business school, which I think is more helpful because it let me see. You know, it, most of politics is about money. And that's the bottom line. It's about money, who gets it, who keeps it, where does it go, where is it collected from, who do you give it back to. Uh, so I have more of a background in that. Um, politically, first off, in business, you create relationships. That's what it's about. You want to get something done. Everybody has something to offer. That's my. That's like a foundation in my whole life. That's the, Everybody is valuable in some way or another. You just got to identify it. So it wasn't about the, you know, how am I going to compromise, get this done. I think the most important thing was beginning at the doors and listening to know what people were actually concerned about or how they thought and what my constituents had in mind, what was important, what wasn't important. And then from there, you've got to figure out how all the other representatives thought on both sides of the aisle and figure out, hey, there's a whole group out there who are like-minded on issues that no one's tackling and we're on both sides of the aisle. So just, I guess it was just a different, unique approach of working with everybody and thinking of them as having assets versus them as the enemy because they have the opposite letter by their name—a D or an R.
3: Mm-hmm. But I, I think maybe what Mike was—I was thinking too. Like, do you have a staff or something that actually drafts these bills? So oh yeah,
2: sorry, lawyers yeah. Uh, yeah, the lo- the logis- the laws were passed by the uh, staff or not passed? They were written by the staff. In Helena, we basically we get elected. We have two months to have all of our legislation uh, drafted, and then we get to oversee it and everything. So that part was a lot harder, and it was really hard because my bills there's no precedent for. So they actually there's some flaws in them the, the first set because we're trying to do things that aren't in line, where there's no copying it, and so it's kind of stressful, and it and there's a very short timeline as well. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. What
0: do you think about Bitcoin? Do you follow that at all? Some of
2: it, I'm, I'm worried about the traceability of it, but I also know you can kind of adjust that by your address. Uh, like I'm the one who doesn't want it traced, I'm, versus the opposite of some people who are like, oh, we like this new currency because you can always, you can now there are ways to trace it back. Uh, I love the whole idea. I just read something that Ron Paul said that uh, it could be a huge threat to our dollar but
0: it's sure worth a lot more than our dollar
2: (laughs) yeah but it's also i think it's it's that's another problem is like there's no actual value on it like people don't know what the true value is gonna be like the dollar is always losing but we know what a dollar is worth even if it's not really worth anything however you want to go at it the Bitcoin's still more like a stock you know, it's it's too much all over the place before people are going to take it seriously. It's an, that's
3: it's what it an extremely volatile stock. I mean, it's unlike that exactly. and euros and stuff.
2: Yeah, that, that's exactly what the what the concern is. Um, but I know Representative Schwatterer out in actually your area. He's going to be if like we're all facing re-election, but. If re elected, he's going to be putting, uh, he's going to be doing a lot for Bitcoin and he's working with the state already. So that's something exciting to to be looking forward to. And he's like 24 or 25 years old. So that's that's his thing that he's really pushing.
3: Do you, do you guys worry though, on the other hand, like things like this uh, crypto locker or something? I mean, it couldn't exist without Bitcoin, could it?
0: Crypto Locker is different. You're saying the cryptography that goes behind running it.
3: No, I'm talking about the way they get paid. They accept payment in
0: Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, but they also accept PayPal. They do? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they're not just taking Bitcoin.
3: Uh, I think that they're... They were taking dollars (laughs) and
0: euros. (laughs) The only way to do that is through PayPal or Google Wallet or something, right? No,
3: I think the way they they want people. No, and what
0: they were doing was Bitcoin and those cards, those disposable uh, cash cards, and they were having people send those. I remember. But they now.
3: certainly are worried about. I mean, they want untraceable income, obviously, right? I mean, I, I guess let's leave them.
0: I well, yeah, because they've made millions, right? Payment. They've made millions, so all of those individual $300, $600 transactions have the possibility of being traced back to them. But clearly it hasn't yet because people are still getting bit by it and still paying the ransom.
1: Maybe one of you can sort of answer this question for me. I get that that uh, the value of Bitcoin is very volatile, and in that sense it's sort of like a stock goes up, goes down. Now, with the stock, there are a whole bunch of plausible explanations about why stock values go up or down, but I don't really understand what drives the cost of Bitcoin up or down. If, Do you, you,
0: if you look at the graphs, it seems like it really gets a bump every time a nation or something mentions it or there's a big like news article about it being mentioned by people of prominence like you there's always a bump when something like that happens
1: so it's like a limited supply and the more demand the more interest the more people who want bitcoin the higher the price goes right
0: the people that are like here's where I'm getting out and then there's people that are like wow this is going to keep going up here's where I'm getting in and it then it you know it constantly fluctuates plus you have the miners in the background the whole time generating these these yeah. coins.
3: It's like any current, I mean, currencies fluctuate in price too, not just stocks, but, but their volatility
0: is based exactly on what like. that country is doing. Right. Yeah. It's based
3: on the economic health of the country, I guess, in, in some sense, I mean, it could be compared it to the parts. beginning of the Euro, oh. right? I mean, just think if the Euro or the yen mounts around the way bitcoins do, it'd be really weird.
2: But, it's a new concept that people don't know yeah. about yet, which is making it, has it so to volatile. Down. if it's going to stay, it
3: has to settle down and become more like a currency than. But when gets. there's
2: hearings in Congress about what to do with Bitcoin, it does kind of make it volatile because it could be uh, they could be trying to, instead of find a solution on how to make it exist, find a way to shut it down. So there's that right. too. Like the government is literally, could be trying to kill it one day, or hey, we could do something with this the next day. So, and it's new. It's not in the realm of a normality, and you know, my the average constituent's life, they don't know about it as much. If you're really on the issue, you know about it. If you're newer to it, you've heard about it. You're probably skeptical. It's not just an everyday thing yet.
0: Yeah, it's literally yeah. like yeah. that's for sure. Slowly Maybe the creepy. volatility
2: would go out after a while. But
3: right now, it seems like shooting, uh, it's just it's it's a gamble more than anything else. But seriously, back on the, the other thing. Is, is there no concern about facilitating crime? I mean, buying heroin or whatever. Um, is is I'm, I, I'm sure you hear people talking about that. What's the answer to that?
2: On my end? Yeah. Uh, I would go with, it's supposed to be an alternative source that's, of course, it's like a $1 dollar or a hundred dollar bill or a thousand or, or a how much money you have. Or a bar of silver. It's just another way of uh, of spending, having money. And a lot of those are untraceable as well. It's just it it since it's digital, they're gonna say, well, it should be traceable because everything else we do in that world is. Right. What it's trying to be is a alternative <laughs> currency that just because everything else is traced in the digital world, why does this have to be? It's just another another way of doing it. It's like bartering even. Um, there's no tracing. You know, you traded cows for chickens or whatever you want to say. There was no trace in that as well. So yeah.
3: But you can't well, blame the even with cash there's you know, you can say the same thing. Cash is anonymous, but don't uh I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it's watching too much T V, but it seems like when people start handling cash they tend to get caught. Uh not I mean they don't get caught, but it's it seems like Bitcoin is even a, a slicker thing than cash. But I'm you a,
0: can't blame the currency for these things being done with it you know it's not like people are more people are doing it because of this currency it's the same people doing it just using a different mode you know to get the same end
3: yeah but maybe there's a probability getting caught as well
0: yeah maybe yeah. we we'll just use cold hard cash <laughs> but we do not take we. bitcoins also <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, a tech show. Uh, I'm kind of curious what what kind of tech you're into, Daniel. Is there like anything on on your Christmas list, like a new a new Android tablet or or phone or anything like that? Robot.
1: Please don't tell us you use a a BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> His office gave it to
0: him. Okay, guys, don't give him a hard time. My own
1: office. <laughs> Did you,
2: were you on when we had that conversation? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I
2: still use a BlackBerry. <laughs> no. Right yeah, sure. you do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: no, I'm actually pretty happy with what I have right now. Um, my, my <laughs> he says with a straight a... face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm a Sorry.
2: minimalist. My friend just bought a uh, PlayStation 4, though, so if you want to get that for a good deal, you can get
0: Nice. <laughs> no,
2: I, yeah, I, I don't know. I like, like, I need a tablet to knock on doors. I need my laptop to work on my emails and my phone to get in touch with people. I'm pretty happy. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not the most. I don't have anything at my sleeves right now. Maybe that whole new BlackBerry that came out though sounds really good, cool. You do like that, huh? <laughs> I'm the only one who's heard of it, so I'm either way ahead or way behind. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for putting me on the spot. I, I yeah, I know. I'm, so, that? I'm sorry. sorry about that, <laughs> only only me and uh, Barack Obama still have a BlackBerry.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earlier, we're doing check. He's like, and do me a favor. Don't bring up that I have BlackBerry on the show. I don't want to get ridiculed.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, no. No, I'm kidding. Like, I'm
2: kidding. oh, this is our face of privacy guy. That's yeah. all he uses. It's embarrassing.
0: BlackBerry used yeah. to be pretty secure, though, actually. I hey, mean, actually,
1: our, our buddy Chris Miller, who's who podcasts with us... Oh, uh, he'll vouch really for it. Free. He yeah. will tell you that's the most secure platform out there. That's yeah. right. In,
0: until RIM starts putting keys in in places, they shouldn't. But that's, that's <laughs> yeah. it's their business, but you know.
2: Look at Apple. If you have an iPhone, you buy into everything with it, basically. You get uh, iTunes. It's your tight end. Oh, if for sure. If you have sure. a... If you have the Windows phone, you have to have your You're email screwed. tied in, which is tied in everything. I mean, and, and Android's the next best thing, but it also ties into a lot of things at Google that is saved. Yeah, no, I've been using Android
0: since the original Droid, and, like, all of my stuff is in that ecosystem. And it's the same way with my brother, who's been using iPhones since, you know, the beginning. Like, all of his stuff is in that Apple ecosystem. And I do have one friend that has a Windows phone, and he just is very sad about it. So, that's yeah. all right. <sighs>
1: you know one of the things i know you must do is is be uh, gearing up for re-election definitely and uh how's that going what does it place a lot of fund fundraising requirements on you what's what's an election going to, yeah <laughs> there it is yeah what's what's uh, what's an election cost to 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 run in uh, in your state
2: um my election, I had to raise about $15,000, $16,000. I think my opponent raised 11000 So it's, what, $27,000, 26000 25000 is a pretty good amount. But some of them, that's for a house seat. And I was just in Texas where I learned that some of their house seats cost about $400,000. Wow. And so it's a whole different world. Here, I can find 100 of my close friends to give me the, the maximum donations, is $160. And I could literally raise a hundred or sixteen thousand dollars with my hundred close friends. I mean, that's possible, which allows real people to still be elected in politics. Yeah. You could have my like
0: friends. a Kickstarter and raise that in a night.
2: Really? Yeah. If you have the right friends, with the you right battery together. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. If you have the right last name, you, you could be set. It wasn't as easy for me, but <laughs> uh, it all came together.
3: That's right. Did you think about doing a Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo or something?
2: Um, I've actually tried to put myself out there. The cause-based ones, some of them I've looked at, but they didn't seem like either this was the right cause or there's uh, always laws that I have to abide by within this world too. I mean, I'm accepting Bitcoin, but it's after it's converted into dollars. So there's ways of doing things in ways that aren't done yet politically. If you guys want to give me suggestions, I'll take them. But uh, it's also the other thing. If you're going to do – so, I learned this. This is one of the few things I learned in college. If you have social media, do one thing and do it really well. Don't do three or five things and do them poorly. Same thing with trying to raise money. If you're going to do something, do it the way that you can put all your effort in and do it uh, 100% efficiently. How many people do you represent? About 10,000. Yeah, it's a real uh, representative government here because all my people can call me, and I think I've spoken to most of them on the doors. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hard work, yeah. yeah but it's, I, like I said, I was talking to the guy in Texas who's the actual representative. who represents about 170,000 people, and this blows my mind. Like, no one could really call him. I was just at a, a dinner that I was invited to, and there were, like four senators and a few representatives and one was a Senate president. I mean, it was just this bunch of people that if you were in California or New York or anywhere else, one little dinner, these people would never show up to. They're doing so many other things, you know, here they talk to us. They tell us about their issue. We eat, we listen, whatever. We have a great conversation and we go on our merry way. We're so much more in touch with the people.
1: Yeah. that's, That's really nice.
0: You should start doing hangouts with your constituents. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it would be a pretty I cool way to... I am the easiest person to get in touch with. You can Twitter, tweet me. You can hit me up on Facebook. You can send me an email. You can give me a call. You can write me. I mean, you can... I, I don't know. I don't know how much easier it is to get in touch with anybody. My, my phone number my email is on my website. I mean, it's, I, 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 I'm trying to get people to contact me. I'm putting effort into reaching out for them to be able to contact me.
0: That's true. I literally just sent this guy a message. I was like, hey dude, you want to do a podcast? And I s he's like, Yeah, let, let's do a podcast. <laughs> and here we are. We're doing a podcast. Aunt Pruitt, are you are you with us?
4: Yes, I am with you, gentlemen.
0: How you doing, man? How was work?
1: Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: we'll
1: say that. Nice. Uh, how about those giants, huh?
4: you mean giant spreadsheets and 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 rowdy numbers and all that good stuff yeah all that that's it it. all that okay
0: do you got anything for our our friend daniel here since you you're just now uh joining us or um was that hello daniel (laughs) how are you how's it going look like
2: you're Um, on a phone phone conversation Oh, it was outstanding.
4: Outstanding. What are y'all talking about? I come in and it, I hear um, almost political talk. And
1: yeah, about? we've, we've changed the process. podcast. Because yeah.
4: <laughs> I have no clue. I did pull up the doc, though, and took a look at it for the first time all week. Y'all should be proud of me.
0: Yeah, this guy was at DEF CON giving a talk, and I was like, like, now we have him on the podcast. So, good That's stuff. That's <laughs> Hey,
1: and the, so the, there's, there's one thing I th- think we have to ask Ann about, and that is this the, this viral video that's going around of the hardheads promoting <laughs> ads.
4: Man, I have remember when they made that, that video. They yeah. love doing that stuff, man. They love doing that stuff. And there are a couple of YouTube stars. People people think I put them on to that stuff, and I don't. I, I will sit right back over there and just get on the PlayStation or what have you, and whenever the mood strikes them, they'll sit right here in the seat, pull up the mic, pull up the camera, and do their thing, and then they'll let me know when they're done, and I'll, I'll tell them I'll do the editing on it, but that's about it. I have no input whatsoever.
0: And you know what? You don't even really need to do that now with uh, the auto-awesome video stuff that, that Google Plus is doing.
4: Uh, yeah, It'll just see. make
0: the video for them, and, and you'll be done.
4: You know, we we might have to have them look into that. See if they can break it.
0: It's pretty good stuff. Uh we should mention you had uh, an an article up on and about some some cool Christmas gadgets that you were looking at. You wanna mention that real quick, Ant?
4: <laughs> well, I could tell you my personal ones and it's a little geeky, it's not necessarily what most folks want, but I want a new graphics card and I want a new motherboard and I want a new eight core processor. You just want a new computer.
0: It's basically I didn't say that. I just said I want those three components. What are you That's missing? All? A hard drive and like a I case? Have,
4: I have three hard drives. And a power supply. And, supply and you got like a computer.
0: <laughs> and cool. I got a
4: power supply sitting right here. I got a case. I don't need nothing but those you, you, three components. You're, nice.
1: going to, you're going to reuse a used memory in your, uh, your, with your components?
4: Yes, I believe the memory that I have will work with this board. If not, I'll just buy some more.
0: It's always better to use memory that you know is like worn in and works well than new memory that you don't know. It could die DMO in like 2 A. days. I have had DOA RAM before. I know that's the, I know the worst. worst. That is <laughs> the worst. Especially when you yeah. need it, when it's like the only one and you can't you can't do anything without it. Oh, you know, well, worst. I'm
4: trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to go on the cheap here with my holiday gift guide. You know, it's the, all of that will run you at about four hundred dollars. It's an AMD eight core chip. Um, it's the FX series. The GPU is NVIDIA. Oh yes, we're getting technical. It's the NVIDIA GTX six hundred and sixty with nice. two gigs of um, DDR five RAM, and the motherboard is just a compatible motherboard that
0: will hold that chip. In, so in the, are you- are you yeah. using that to mine Bitcoin?
4: I'm not gonna say that out loud. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Awesome>.
4: <laughs> no, I wanna use it more for the content creation. You know, I have a decent I have a decent system now, but I wanna continue to get more into this video editing thing and podcasting things so I can get my name out there like Matt Lee and <laughs> you know.
0: You're gonna take half of my workload pretty much.
4: I'm not saying no. I not say that one time.
0: <laughs> it's going to be
1: awesome. No. Okay, yeah, it's Nation, all those <laughs> listeners out there, it's time to time to take a note. Time I am taking donations.
4: There. Tony up those <laughs> I, Bitcoins. <laughs> I am taking donations. I've said that several times.
1: Around. And I just, just send it to Ant and label it as From Santa.
4: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I had not seen him in about 30 years, but. It'd be nice to see (laughs) Sam.
1: He went out to get some milk and hasn't come
0: back since. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. yet another tech show. Daniel, you want to tell people where your site is and and how they can get a hold of you online and your phone number and address?
2: (laughs) You can find my phone number on my website if you really want it. But uh, DanielZolnikov.com has my Twitter at DanielZolnikov, Facebook, Facebook, dot com slash Daniel Zolnikov. So basically the big thing is you have to learn how to spell my name. And if you can figure that out, you can get in touch with me. There you go. All <laughs> right. Th- thank you guys for having me and for uh, everything. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Good conversation, that. man. Here, Daniel.
0: Thanks, Thanks for, for joining us. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and you can check us out online every week at yetanothertechshow.com. Look for the show notes. We'll have links to all Daniel's stuff in the articles And uh, his talk uh, from DEFCON. So it's a cool 40-minute talk by him and Eric Fulton about all of this interesting stuff. So definitely subscribe to the show on iTunes. Check out Ant Pruitt's Smartphone Photographers Hangout on Thursday evenings. We do Attack the Androids on Tuesdays and, of course, Yats on Wednesdays. And Ant's got a new site at smartphone-photographers.com. So... Make sure you check that out. Let us know what you think. And uh, we usually hang out on Google+, but you can find some of us on Facebook and Twitter, of course. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Have a good night. Another Tech
1: Show, check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.